Hello, and welcome to the MomStrong podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Johnson, creator of the MomStrong Method and full-time holistic and health and life coach who helps working moms and mompreneurs lose weight, untame themselves, and get healthy in a way that doesn't suck. I give it to you straight, I hold you to being your best self, and I can't wait to help you craft your life into something perfectly imperfect. Tune in each week as I share tips, tricks, and motivation for balancing family, a job, and trying to get healthy. I'm so glad you're here. So a while ago in episodes 81 through 84, I went through each of the menstrual cycle phases and um, per phase dropped ways to eat better, to move more in alignment and to approach your work life to achieve kind of that ultimate flow with your unique feminine cycle. And since those episodes and since a lot of folks have been downloading my free cycle syncing training, um, they have questions about, okay, I get the concept of it, but how do I actually do it? <laughs> so today I'm going to give you that how. Um, and it, you could, again, you can like rational, you can rationalize it and understand it logistically in your mind, but you're like, okay, but how do I, like, what do I do? How do I do this? Ah, where do I start? So I want to offer a few easy ways to begin cycle syncing and demystify how you can make this work for you. And um, as a reminder, I really do want you to go back and review those past episodes. If you're listening to this, but haven't listened to those, it will benefit you to go back to episode 81, two, three, and four and listen to those. And as I say in each one of those, I want you to begin with which cycle you're currently in. So this might be, you might be following the lunar cycle. And reminder, you're following the lunar cycle if you are on any type of hormonal birth control, even if you're bleeding. This is really important. A few of my clients have said, well, I've experienced um, like PMS symptoms around when I take like the placebo pill or around certain times of the month. I need to repeat it and to, and it's not a shaming thing at all. It's just legit science. If you are on any form of hormonal birth control, you are not truly having a bleed. It is a withdrawal symptom from the hormonal birth control that you're on. So you might, again, absolutely, you might be experiencing some PMS things because your hormones are diving during that time, which then creates the, the kind of fake period, but it's not a real period. So you don't want to be tracking your cycle based on that. You truly want to be following the lunar cycle. And that honestly, if I'm being real, it's easier because you can basically break it up into seven day, seven day, seven day, seven day to get your 28 day cycle. So if you are um, either on any type of hormonal birth control, if you are postmenopausal and no longer having a period, if you are potentially pre, um, if you're in your menstruating years, but you're not having a period for some reason, or if you just don't know where you're at in your cycle, follow the lunar cycle and go back to those episodes and remember, and, and then you'll understand which kind of moon phase syncs with which menstrual phase, okay? So if you are off of hormonal birth control and you are getting your, your period, you do want to follow your bleeding cycle with day one being day one of your period. Um, and that's day one that goes with your menstrual cycle. And I think that's where some folks who are off of hormonal birth control and following their actual menstrual flow, they, it can be confusing about how to go, how do you know besides menstrual, which is obviously the most obvious one, you're bleeding, you know, if you're in your menstrual phase. Um, but then beyond that, how do you know like when to switch phases? And as you're starting to learn, you might just want to easily break it down to a seven, 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 and seven. Okay. That might just get you started so you can kind of conceptualize and implement the menstrual phases. But the way that, let me walk you through really quickly, the way that how you kind of know when you're going from phase to phase if you are off of hormonal birth control and you're getting a semi-regular period, okay? 
So if you are, if that is your case, your first day is number one, and then say that you stop bleeding on day four or five. So then on that sixth, say if you stop bleeding on day five, then day six would be when you flip into follicular. Um, and that's your follicular phase. And that typically lasts um, seven to 10 days. But the way that you know how you go from follicular to ovulatory is you look in your underwear. And that's really where you're gonna see one of the biggest clues, which is called cervical mucus. And so for that, you're gonna notice that you might have, you know, if you wear darker underwear, you're gonna see some white stuff. It's not gonna be, um, typically it's, it's a discharge, but it's not scented and it's not smelly and it's not itchy, it's just a discharge. And then the closer you get to ovulation, the more that cervical mucus is gonna become stretchier, like an egg white. And so if you put it on your fingers, so say before you go potty, you can wipe yourself with your fingers and then stretch your, your thumb and your, your first finger apart. And if it gets stretchy where it doesn't break, then that means that you're getting close to or you you are in your ovulatory phase. That's when I know when, and I also track my basal body temperature. So that tells me when I've had a shift in temperature, which shows that I'm past ovulation. But I track my cervical mucus first. When I start seeing it kind of getting more and more discharge, and then I start seeing it transfer from kind of like lotiony, like uh, it's it's sticky, but it's not stretchy. And then as it transitions and I get closer to ovulation, it gets stretchier and stretchier. And that's when I then know to start switching into my ovulatory way of moving, way of eating, way of working. And then after that, you dry up. And so again, keep an eye on what's in your underwear and you dry up from there when you then can go into your luteal phase. The reason for the discharge, if you don't, if I haven't said it, I think I said it in the ovulatory um, podcast, but if I didn't say it, the reason for the discharge is that our bodies are wanting us to make babies, to be fertile. And when I switched that, because we're not wanting another baby, and I was like real bummed every month. I was like, okay, I don't want a baby. Like, why do I need to experience these things? Well, the shift in hormones is actually really beneficial for you. And I then when I switched the mindset of like, oh, I don't want to have a baby. Why am I experiencing these two? Oh, if I'm fertile, if I'm ovulating and bleeding and have a fairly regular cycle, which are signs of fertility, then I'm healthier. So fertility equals health, okay? And so for me, when I switched that mindset, I was like, oh, good, I'm ovulating. Great, my cervical mucus is getting stretchy. Oh, awesome, I had a cranberry red period. That's great because that means that I'm healthy. Oh, great, my cycle was, you know, in between 23 to 32 days. Great, I'm in that healthy window. For me, I'm like, awesome, I'm healthy. And so fertile equals healthy. And that's why it's important to have these shifts in your hormones and to pay attention to that. So you bleed, right? And then you have this, this period in between when, you're, um, when you stop bleeding and when you start experiencing cervical mucus, that's your follicular phase. And then when you experience cervical mucus and it's really stretchy, that's your ovulatory phase. When you notice that drying up in your underwear, then that's when you flip into your luteal phase and then back again to menstrual. So hopefully that helps if you are off of uh, hormonal birth control and you are having a fairly regular period. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, and if you're not, if you're on hormonal birth control or you're not having a regular period or you don't know where you're at in your cycle or you're postmenopausal, just follow the lunar cycle, my friends. Easy peasy as that. So logistically, I want to give you permission. Some people think that it's like, oh, now I'm an ovulatory, so I only have to eat ovulatory foods or I only have to do ovulatory things, which is not true. Feel free to blend. Your hormones aren't like, boop, follicular, boop, ovulatory. There is a blending period where they are going up and down in a flow. And so feel free to blend and overlap your phases a little bit as well. If I'm uncertain, if I'm like looking in my underwear and I'm like, oh, I'm not quite sure if that's ovulatory cervical mucus or it's not, I just start eating some ovulatory and keep eating some follicular foods. You don't need to be perfect with it. So especially this is important if you're like meal planning, like I do, 
it sucks when you stock up on like all your luteal phase foods and then surprise, your period comes early, right? So give yourself permission to kind of blend those. When you hit like day, you know, three or four, then be really focusing on that specific cycle. But days one, two, and three, when you're kind of transitioning out of follicular into ovulatory, out of luteal into your menstrual phase, then feel free to like kind of mix the two phases. That gives you a lot more permission, especially if you just bought a bunch of food and you're like, oh, I don't want it to go bad, but now I'm ovulating. It doesn't need to go bad. Eat the food, right? And so feel free to blend, overlap those phases. No big deal. How I meal plan for each phase is I, again, I track my cycle. That's the first thing. You have to track your cycle so you kind of know where you're at. And then I meal plan on the weekends. So I look forward and go, okay, I'm in, you know, day three of my menstrual phase. So I'm probably for the next week or so going to be partly menstrual, partly into follicular. And that's how I then like plan ahead myself. And I start blending those two phases. And I'd recommend keeping a small amount of like canned, frozen, prepackaged stuff on hand for each phase. So for instance, I'll always have, you know, frozen salmon and I'll always have some beets that are canned beets. I'll always have some canned corn. I'll always have broccoli always on hand. So kind of the, when you look at the food list from there, then you can be like, oh, okay, what foods can I store that are canned, that are frozen, that are prepackaged, like, you know, whole grain um, pasta or oats or uh, the bonsai chickpea pasta. And that's a phase specific food. And you can have that always on hand. So if you need to switch or you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't grab enough, whatever, then you can swap out another phase specific food. Um, so start with one to two foods per meal. That's what I recommend. And if you're looking at a certain phase and you're like, wow, I don't really dig the proteins in this phase. Well, then go extra veggie heavy or extra healthy fat heavy. Totally fine. Um, and so there are phases that I'm like, oh, I don't love the veggies in this phase. Okay, well, then I go extra. I really focus on the protein and the healthy fat and the carbohydrates. So that's a great way to like to think about as you're first starting, just grab one to two foods. You don't need to love the whole food list, no big deal. And just start applying those one to two per meal. And then surprise, not surprise, you're gonna come back to this phase in four weeks. So then next time you can go, oh, the first time you start doing this sucks. Cause you're like, what am I doing? What am I eating? What phase am I in? And the second time you do it, you go, okay, I know that last time I had soba noodles and I had some pork meatballs and I had some beets and that was good. Okay, how can I add to my repertoire? So then you have again, a chance to experiment the next time the phase comes around and you just get better and better the more you do it. So in the beginning, if it's messy and tough, just freaking start. There is no way that you can actually like mess it up and like pull yourself into a different phase. These are supporting foods, right? They're not dictators that say, oh, nope, now you have to be menstruating. It's like, that's not just true. A, they're just really healthy to eat in general. So at the very least, you're gonna upgrade how you're eating. But B, they, they support you with the chemicals, with what they're made out of. And every time you have four weeks to then get better and better and better. And I want to address movement as well. So like, how do you implement movement? So when you, if you read um, the book, uh, Woman Code or In the Flow, you're going to read a lot about like how to cycle through your movement. Like ovulatory phase is more for like hitting the PRs and lifting heavy and going to hit classes and all of that because your cortisol is naturally low. And so you can actually add that extra stress to your body without hurting your hormones. Um, and then go back to the episodes 81 through 84 if you want to hear more in depth per phase. But I, for me, here's how I implement that. Because 
initially when you look at some of the books and some of the things that have been said, it's tough because you're like, man, I don't really love yoga. Don't really love Pilates. Don't really want to go for a slow walk. Don't really love spin class. Don't love hitting, you know, the weight rack. And that's fine. What I want to encourage you for me personally, my example is I love to lift weights. That's my jam. Like I love squat rack. I love heavy barbells. I love lifting weights. I hate cardio. And honestly, I lift in a way that that gets my heart rate up and I haven't had to supplement with any cardio for my fitness goals. And so how I change though, and I think I mentioned this in a few of the episodes, but how I change that, I don't go from like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be my luteal phase now, so I'm just going to do some light Pilates. I, I, that would make me miserable. How I do that is I'm like, oh, I'm in my luteal phase, so I'm not going to be like trying to hit a PR. I'm going to actually lighten up the bar a little bit and really focus on form. I'm going to add in some more mobility and stretching and rest days. When I hit my menstrual phase, I for sure add in more rest days. I add in more stretching. I do lighter workouts where I'm not like racking up the barbell with four plates, right? I'm just adding on, I'm going a little bit lighter. And yes, I could do 200 pounds, let's say. But then when I'm in my luteal phase and menstrual phase, I go back to 150 and I work on form and I work on mobility. And then when follicular and ovulatory come around, then I start adding on plates and doing PRs and pushing myself again. And this serves you, you guys. The folks that are doing 24-7, the same spin class and same hit class and CrossFit all the time, you are ruining your hormones because your hormones are like, dude, I am already stressed out. Stop adding stress. And that's why for basically two to three weeks out of the month, you're feeling like crap, you're not hitting your PRs, and you're actually backsliding with progress. And then mentally, it takes a toll on you as well. So when you think about each phase, again, go back to those episodes, 81 to 84. When you think about those phases, you don't need to change completely what you're doing, change how you're doing it. So if you're a runner, in the beginning of your, in the middle to end of your follicular phase, you might be doing some more hill sprints. You might be going for a PR, ovulatory, same thing. And then as you slide into luteal, you might be going for some longer, some slow long distance runs or doing a lot more mobility and stretching or doing some shorter runs that just get you out feeling good, but aren't really, you're not like pushing yourself going for the PR. And then you cycle that through and absolutely no matter what your training goals are, you can absolutely do this in a way that serves your end goal of which it's whether it's physique or getting stronger or losing weight. If you work with your cycle in this way, again, don't change what you're doing necessarily keep doing what you love, just change how you're doing it. Okay. So I hope these tips really work. That again, that permission to blend and overlap phases, especially in the beginning when you're just starting to track your cycle and understand the signs of it with your cervical mucus and your menstrual phases and your menstrual cycle and all of that. It's really important to give yourself permission to get messy and just start pulling in one to two foods per meal and then add when you come back around to that phase, add in a little bit more, be a little bit more intentional. I would not recommend changing how you work, how you work out and how you eat all at once that will overwhelm you and it will not be sustainable and it won't really give you a chance to like learn the specific part of how you're going to work how you're going to work out how you're going to meal plan y'all have plenty of time to learn this so don't feel like you have to get it all right in the first cycle because you're just not going to (laughs) and I mean you really truly aren't going to like don't put that pressure on yourself if you have other questions, definitely pop into the free MomStrong Facebook group. Uh, I'm in there supporting you all, helping you live your best life. And if you listen to this and you still have more questions and you're like, how specifically? Like, ask me. I love getting down to the nitty gritty. I just can't always anticipate what your questions are going to be. So pop into the free MomStrong Facebook group. I would love to give you more tips and tricks to logistically apply cycle syncing to your life. 
And as always, you can find me at jennifer.t.johnson on Instagram. If you have ideas for future topics or more questions, I solicit these on Instagram stories especially. So if you're following me on IG stories, every once in a while I'll pop up a question thing being like, what are your questions? And that's where I get episode information to give you the information you want. So please go on there, interact with me, let me know what questions you have, what things you're like, "Uh, but I've heard this. What do you think about this? I love answering those questions, please. In the MomStrong Facebook group or shoot me a DM on Instagram. And remember, you're MomStrong. You're not meant to be normal or average or perfect. You're meant to be exceptional, but in your own way. As always, I'm here in your corner cheering you on and believing in you even before you believe in yourself. Massive love to you.